0: Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece
1: I trust you'll enjoy. Well, as always, I'm glad to be with you, Gino.
0: Well, I'm so glad to have you. And obviously, when when we set up this uh, interview, I, w- I wanted to talk about the Equality Act. But there is so much to talk about in the news this week. And at the briefing, you sort of... Bring these ideological and cultural waters to a headwater, and right now we're on in Colorado. You, you, I've had the privilege of having you in my studio right here, and I know you love Colorado. Absolutely. And you talked this on on today's briefing about the ten people murdered in Boulder, and. Um, and you began to talk about it. Why was, you know, obviously mass shootings are taking place. Why was this particular story such an important story for you today?
1: You know, Gina, my heart went out to, to the people in Colorado, first of all. I mean, uh, the, the the state has, uh, has suffered inordinately in terms right. of these kinds of attacks. And so our hearts immediately do go. I know that uh, a lot of people these days, especially on the left, don't want to talk about thoughts and prayers. But, you know, mm-hmm. as Christians, that's actually where we start. Right. Um, especially from a distance, uh, this, this is the amazing thing about the the power of prayer. We can we can actually pray for someone when I can't run across the street and help anyone from right here right now, but uh, but I can pray, and I do believe that that's not insignificant. The second thing is, uh, Gino, I grew up in a grocery family, mm. and uh, my father, uh, you know, ran a grocery store for forty three years. I grew up kind of in that store. All my uh, siblings did as well. I've got, uh, I've got direct, you know, first-degree family members, in the grocery business, in uh, two different states right now. And, you know, a grocery store is one of the great symbols of American freedom. You you Mm -hmm. can walk in, a safe place where you you get to you know choose from the greatest abundance human beings have ever been given, and it's a very social public place. And yet we have to understand that as Christians, we should understand there's a certain level of trust and uh, and security that has to exist before anything like that can function. And so an attack like this is not merely on... Uh, you know, random human beings. It's an attack upon the entire society. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to recognize it for what it is.
0: Now, you talked a little bit about this last week on Monday, the March 22nd, about the heartbreak over the the shooting in Atlanta. And so when you think about these targets, whether it's a a movie theater or the the, the, the targets, schools, uh, malls, a grocery store, do you see something emerging in the popular culture that we can no longer ignore?
1: Well, it's hard to know how much of this is new and how much of this is just uh, far better reported. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in, in reality, if you look at human history, there's a lot of violence there, beginning with Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, sadly a part of living in a sinful world. But we are looking at the fact that there appears to be uh, more of these with more public attention. And so that's the interesting angle on this that you just don't hear many people talking about. And that is that every single one of these, at some level, turns out to, to be a demand for attention and public attention. And, um, and, and we're caught in a very difficult position because attention is the one thing we cannot deny, when there's something of this moral magnitude that takes place, we're talking about human lives, human right. beings, you know, made in God's image, who've been brutally murdered, and so we really are in a very difficult place. Uh, you know, you go back 200 years, something like this would take, uh, you know, weeks to reach coast to coast. Uh, now, of course, we know with images almost instantaneously, that's a game changer, and it comes with a cost.
0: And it seems that the conversation, at least on the left, seems to always ideologically move towards the elimination of the Second Amendment. And so when we talk about Columbine, Aurora movie theater shooting, what's happened in Atlanta or here in Boulder, do you think eliminating the Second Amendment is going to make this a safer place?
1: No, nor do I think it's either constitutionally or politically possible. I don't think it's morally right. Uh, I mean, I think written into our constitutional system is an understanding that, that to, to be a citizen uh, able to stand against tyranny, um, the, the the power of, uh, of even gun uh, violence was not given only to the government. And so, you know, there's a very deep issue here. Now, I think Christians and informed conservatives can differ about some particular angles on uh, either, uh, you know, background testing or any number of things. But much of what's going on is just an undisguised attempt to subvert the Second Amendment. And so that that that's why there's no arena right now where you can have a sane conversation about this, because uh, it, it it really is not an honest conversation. And so even the president making comments you know, we're we're about to find out because he eventually is going to have to recommend legislation or hand down executive orders. We're gonna we're gonna find out we're really t- talking about. But right now, it's uh, generalities.
0: Yeah, and this is something I know that you've been thinking a lot about the Second Amendment, but also the First Amendment. Right. And when we we come back, I'm gonna to want to ask you about this erosion of freedom. You've you've talked prolifically about the so-called the misnamed Equal Rights Amendment. And today, uh, the the article that was in Christ- or, or in uh, USA Today, and in part three of today's uh, broadcast, you talked about they're coming for or- Oral Roberts University, and that means they're coming for you. You've the coming it. is this ideological reduction in freedom, that for some reason the the first amendment freedom of speech freedom of religion you talked prolifically before the election hey these issues are on the table and uh one group of people are going to support freedom another is going to probably contribute to its erosion do you think it's even worse than you predicted
1: i think it's coming more quickly than I uh, than I thought might be possible. But to be honest, uh, Gino, like you, I've been seeing these things coming, and frankly, right. I'm glad to say I spoke out about it. But now we're looking at the fact that you, you've got open calls for Christian institutions to be denied the right to operate on Christian conviction, and uh, Christian uh, people in the business place to be denied the ability to operate as Christians, Christian doctors denied conscience rights and and, and required to perform abortions. Um you know, uh, nuns required to fund contraceptives. The, the coercive state has turned out to be far more aggressive, I think, than even many conservatives believed would, be, would have been possible in our lifetimes.
0: So do you think that um, this equal rights amendment, obviously it passed in the House, it's being sent to the Senate, it will in fact be signed by this president, and I guess... I, I want you to somewhat give me an idea of what you think may or may not happen with the Senate and what may or may not happen if this thing gets passed.
1: Well, if indeed the, the uh, Constitution is amended in keeping with the Equal Rights Amendment, that goes all the way back to the 1920s as a proposal, then the federal government will go on the record basically – Uh, arguing that there can be no different policy in any way towards males and females in our society. That's the bottom line of the Equal Rights Amendment. And of course, it's called something very positive, Equal Rights, but it really is the Culture Transformation Amendment.
0: Um, Dr. Mueller, you talk a little bit about the NCAA coming to cancel um, Oral Roberts University based on their biblical beliefs. Now, again, if we're living in a culture where if you just simply believe that what the Bible says is true uh, about certain things like creation, like marriage, like gender, like the problem of sin and sin's solution, there seems to be an ever-increasing push to criminalize biblical belief. Where are we in this process, and is there any hope
1: well, where are we in this process? Uh, interesting question, Gino. You know, if you if you look at, for instance, um, the right of Christian academic institutions, colleges and universities to right. function according to Christian conviction, we see the effort right now to use the coercive power of the state to put an end to that. And, and by the way, the Equality Act would do that. The Equality Act is currently written, passed already twice by the U.S. House, sent to the Senate. It would basically shut down the right of a Christian college to operate on biblical convictions, just point blank. And it's not just government. You know, it's not just the threat of the Equality Act. We see the convergence of so many powers in our society that don't have the authority of government, but they have the authority of big tech or mm-hmm. the authority of uh, the entertainment uh, empires, or or they have the authority of uh, sports. That's the, what's front and uh, center in the NCAA uh, and uh, Oral Roberts University story. And the interesting thing is that every one of those basically has huge coercive power. Right now, the NCAA has been making promises about equity and diversity and LGBTQ inclusion that already has sent a very clear signal that it's going to be very difficult for a Christian institution to continue to participate. And now with this article in USA Today in recent days, Mm -hmm. we have open calls for the NCAA to be forced, for its hand to be forced to keep a school like Oral Roberts University out of the NCAA tournament because it is beyond moral decency in requiring its students to hold to a biblical standard of sexuality.
0: You know, and I think back 30 years, if you and I were having a conversation as younger men and I said, do you think decriminalizing homosexuality would criminalize the belief that it's wrong? Would you have thought that that was an absurd Thing to say?
1: No, and uh, I wouldn't think it was absurd. I don't think the greatest danger is that they're going to have some mental wave test, and they can figure out what we really believe about X or Y. It's the willingness to say it out loud that's going to get us in trouble. It's the willingness to say, yes, that's what my school believes. Yes, that's what my church preaches. Yes, that's what my denomination's committed to. I know Frank Bruni, columnist for the New York Times years ago, said religious liberty's fine. He says this with Condescension. Religious liberty is fine so long as you keep it private in your heart, in your home, and in your pews. Uh, but you dare to, uh, to say that this is public truth, and uh, we'll shut you down.
0: Well, it's interesting. You've talked about this uh, in the past that it's the biblical solution to ideological justice that gives us the greatest hope. The reality is we are creatures made in the image of God. The, the, the fall really did happen. Sin is the problem. Jesus is the solution. Yeah. Do you see not a triumphalist kind of thing, but do you see more and more Christians saying, Hey, what if what the Bible says about these important issues are true? And now we're going to have to focus on that.
1: You know, we're about to find out where the Christians are, where the Christian churches are, where the Christian denominations, schools, universities, and ministries are, because we're all going to be revealed together Uh to be the people who say, this is what God says in His Word, and we're committed to it. And, uh, And by the way, if you're going to... If you're going to be ostracized for holding to Doctrine A, clearly revealed in the Bible, then maybe it's a wake-up call. You're also obligated to B, C, D, E, F, and onward. And so, yes, I think there's going to be a new theological seriousness, because I don't think Christians are going to have any choice.
0: Um, You said this morning, I'm thinking, I'm trying to find the quote, um, about Oral Roberts University— it says oral roberts with its decree banning oral roberts with its decrees banning homosexual conduct stating that marriage is only between a man and a woman specifically banning male students from wearing makeup earned a ticket to the big dance even though the university's foundation expressly go against the very things that the NCAA say they value that's what was in the in the um the original article in, in in the column that you addressed yep and Again, is Christianity the one worldview that isn't going to be allowed in the brave new world? Well,
1: in the brave new world, in the West, Christianity is the one big obstacle to the absolute victory of the moral revolutionaries. Now, worldwide, uh, you'd have to say uh, it's really it's really uh, very few people who are going to stand for these particular truths. Just Let's just say that marriage is a union of a man and a woman, period. Theologically, you're down to Orthodox Jews, Muslims, uh, traditional Roman Catholics, and conservative Evangelical Protestants. That's mm-hmm. about it. And, and uh, excuse me, I have to add to that the Eastern Orthodox. Right. Um, but, but in other words, you look at this, there is no lasting secular opposition to this moral revolution. It just doesn't exist. The only opposition is theistic, and, of course, I'm speaking as a gospel-committed Christian. Um, we, uh, we, we believe that God has created us male and female in his image, given us the institution of marriage, and commanded us in his word uh, as to how we are to use the sexual gift. And so it's not up for negotiation among uh, Bible-believing Christians.
0: So if um, the president of Colorado Christian University gets on the phone and calls you up and says, Al Moeller what are you telling your board about how we get to go forward if the Equality Act passes?
1: Well, the president of Colorado Christian University is a dear friend, by the way. And uh, the, what, what, what I would say is we're going to stand together. We're going we're to fall together. And uh, so it, we're, we're basically going to have to be willing to say the most important word in our name and in our commitment is Christian. We belong to Christ. And uh, we aren't going to bend the knee to Caesar, nor are we going to bend the knee to any of Caesar's colleagues. Um, and at the end of the day, there's no point being a Christian school if you if you forfeit Christian identity and Christian commitments. And, you know, when it comes to sex and morality, those just aren't little items of Christian obsession or little items of Christian doctrine. They're at the center of the biblical narrative. They're at the center of our understanding of what faithfulness to Christ requires, and um, that, that's that's where we stand. The opposition to Oral Roberts University isn't over his charismatic theology. It's not over Oral Roberts, the late evangelist. Right. It's over its requirement that its students hold to a biblical standard of sexual morality. That's it.
0: And that's the million-dollar question. It is, at what point do you think the even—not just the popular cu- culture, but the government itself will say, hey, we have to seriously determine— Um, if what we wrote in the Constitution is still going to hold true. Do you you have a glimmer of hope in the composition of this current court to uphold what the Constitution says in the First and in the Second Amendment?
1: Yes. Our ultimate confidence is in no human entity, including a human court. But I'm extremely thankful for the current composition of the Supreme Court. I'm very thankful that uh, President Trump nominated uh, nearly 300 federal judges and three justices of the Supreme Court. Anyone who doubts it makes a difference, a better look at what's headed to that court right now.
0: And, again, if you want more, you should go to albertmoeller.com. I know I do every day, albertmoeller.com. And today's article is an important one. They're coming for Oral Roberts University, and that means they're coming for you, too. And Dr. Albert Muller, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the contribution that you make to the body of Christ, giving us a way of thinking about these important issues.
1: Thank you, Gino. You're in a brave fight, and uh, you're a brave voice. I'm thankful for you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. This is Gino Geraisi. So glad you could join me on the program. Remember, you can pick up the phone and dial the number 303-873-1935. If you want to join me on this program... You can find several different uh, resources that are available to you also at albertmuller.com that I think you're going to find very helpful. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.